It was a regular Saturday night. I wasn't in the best mood as I had to babysit my little eight-year-old cousin, Alex, that night. My aunt and uncle were heading out of town for the evening with my parents, and they needed a babysitter. Of course, my parents just had to volunteer me. My dad offered to pay me 30 bucks to take Alex to Freddy Fazbear's pizza. I would have rather stayed home and just watched TV, but making 30 bucks to sit at a pizzeria and watch animatronics for an hour at most seemed like a good deal. Before leaving, my dad handed me 50 bucks the extra 20 for whatever the cost was for the food and games. I would obviously pocket the change. My aunt and uncle dropped Alex off as they left with my parents. I greeted Alex and tried talking to him, although I didn't expect much conversation from an 8-year-old. It was around 8 o'clock when we left. I had never been to this place. I imagined it would be like Chuck E. Cheese. I did, however, know that this place had a bad history, and that it would be closed by the end of the year. Alex seemed excited on the way there. I couldn't relate. I remember having always been afraid of those singing animatronics in these kind of places when I was younger. We got there at around 8.15. The last show of the night started at 8.30. I remember outside seeing a Help Wanted sign for a security guard. I wondered why a place like this would even need a security guard, but I shrugged it off. We sat down at a table, and I got a pizza for us. It tasted no better than a frozen pizza, or what you would get at a Chuck E. Cheese. I didn't expect much more, though. The atmosphere seemed a little outdated, like something that would fit in the early 90s. The place wasn't particularly nice or clean but it was still very popular, which made me wonder what could have happened to make it close by the end of the year. While eating, there was suddenly a loud drum roll, followed by a voice introducing the characters. The kids all cheered as the curtains opened up, revealing the three animatronic singers, Freddy, Bonnie, and Chica. I was shocked. These animatronics looked old in a lot less detail than I was expecting. They looked creepy. As they sang their first song, Alex, along with all the other kids, seemed to be enjoying it. Even most of the parents seemed to be smiling and having a nice time. But I just stared with a blank expression on my face. The animatronics' movements were pretty smooth and impressive, though. I guess they made up for the looks. After they finished their first song, the chicken in the back, Chica, I swear, turned its head and looked straight at me. It wasn't by chance. Its eyes were fixed right on me. I stared back, a little freaked out. Maybe they were programmed to make eye contact like this. But for how long it was staring at me? For at least 30 seconds. Both the other animatronics were turning their heads and eyes to look at the whole crowd. But not Chica. It wasn't until the next song started that Chica finally started moving its head again. I felt a bit relieved, considering maybe I was just being a little paranoid. Letting my childhood fear of animatronics get the better of me. At least Alex seemed to be enjoying himself. The song went on for about three minutes before ending. I had at this point completely calmed down until it happened again.
as the song ended, Sheikah turned its head to face me, eyes locked onto mine. But this time, Bonnie turned its head to me as well, making eye contact. What the hell? I said, obviously loud enough for Alex to hear me. As he looked with a curious stare, I pointed out to Alex that the two animatronics were looking at me. He didn't even acknowledge what I said. As Freddy spoke to the audience, both Bonnie and Chica's fake eyes were locked onto mine. My heart started beating twice as fast at this point. I was freaking out in my seat. Why was nobody turning around to see what the two robots were staring at? Was anybody acknowledging what was happening? I got up out of my seat to refill my soda at the fountains, frightened to look behind me at the stage. I refilled my cup and stalled by putting on a new lid and straw. I was just waiting for the next song to start or some kind of intermission. I just couldn't turn around to look at the stage. Suddenly I heard Alex call my name. I had to turn around now. It's okay, I thought. There was no way the animatronics were still looking at me after leaving my seat. I turned around to look at Alex, but I saw at the corner of my eye the two heads staring at me. I dropped my cup of soda on the floor out of shock. An employee came over and asked me if I was alright. I asked him why the hell the two animatronics were staring at me. Just as I was saying this, I heard Freddy on stage announce it was time for intermission. I turned my head to look at the stage, and the curtains were already closing. The employee explained to me that the animatronics were designed to make eye contact with people before he walked off. I could tell he hadn't taken me seriously. At least the curtains were closed, and I couldn't see them anymore. But still, I just couldn't forget how they looked at me. They stared directly at me, but the way they did didn't feel happy or friendly. It felt evil. I asked Alex if he was ready to leave, because I wanted to get the hell out of that place. He told me he wanted to see the rest of the show and play some arcade games. He asked for my cell phone, saying that he had to tell his mom something. I handed him my phone, and he walked off to the arcade games. As he left, I noticed another mini-stage away from the main one. It was called Pirate's Cove. The stage had the curtain closed and a tiny sign out front that read, Out of Order. I asked an employee what it was and why it was closed. He told me that the animatronic that lives on the stage, named Foxy, had a technical malfunction in 1987 causing it to bite out a child's frontal lobe. Hearing this news, I realized why this place had a troubled history and why it was closing. It shocked me that if such a horrific accident like this happened, how the place managed to stay open all this time. I was starting to really feel uncomfortable staying in that place and wanted to leave as soon as possible. But I knew Alex was having a good time I saw him playing some arcade games and sat back down and just waited. 
About five minutes passed until the intermission was over and the curtains were opening back up. A lot of the kids that had gotten up to play games didn't return to the show area. I couldn't really blame them. I never found animatronics entertaining when I was younger either. I know I should have probably just gotten away from the stage and played the games with Alex, but part of me was curious. I needed to see what was going on, and if these things would stare directly at me. Freddie and Bonnie made jokes and interacted with the kids in the audience, a bit before starting their third song. It was interesting though, most animatronics were attached to the floor, only able to move from the torso up. But these guys? Their legs seemed to have free movement, allowing Freddy and his friends to walk across the stage. It was incredible and terrifying. The third song ended, and I was ready for them to look at me. Nothing. The three robots made jokes and interacted with the kids, none of them even turning their heads in my direction. I felt a weird mix of feelings, relief and discontentment. Why was I anticipating it? Why did I want them to stare at me? The last song went by, and as it ended, the three friends started to say their farewells to the children. At this point, I was convinced that they weren't going to stare at me anymore. And that maybe the worker was right. Maybe they were set to make eye contact with people. It was almost 9 o'clock, which meant that the place was getting ready to close. Most of the parents and kids started to head for the doors. Alex came to me and told me he had to go to the bathroom. The public men's room had an out-of-order sign on it. I asked an employee where he could use the bathroom, and she said he could use the employee restroom. The employee pointed Alex to the bathroom. There was an announcement that the place was now closed. I waited for a few more minutes, and it seemed that I was the last person there. Even most of the employees had left. I stood there growing impatient until I noticed something in the corner of my eye. I turned my head to see that all three of them were looking at me with the same ominous stare. I felt like my heart sank into my stomach. I couldn't even choke out the words to call for an employee. It's time to get the hell out of there. I stormed down the hallway quickly, bursting into the employee restroom. I called for Alex, but he didn't respond. I looked under the stalls to see if anybody was in them and saw Alex's shoes. I immediately felt relieved and stood by the door waiting. I waited for what felt like another five minutes. I didn't want to say anything to make him feel awkward, but I had to. I asked if he was almost done in there because the place was closed, but he didn't respond. I started to become curious because I'd been standing there for a long time, and he hadn't made a single sound. I walked up to the stall and knocked. As I did, the door creeped open to reveal nothing but Alex's shoes. He wasn't in there. Then I heard it come from outside the bathroom. It was a huge being. I ran out of the bathroom to find that the main lights had been turned out but the only source of light being the dimly lit night ones. I made my way back to the lobby, or at least what I would call the lobby in this place. I screamed for Alex and for help, but to no avail. This is insane, I thought. 
What kind of place completely shuts down at a rush like this? It was probably only ten after nine. I ran to the entrance, thinking maybe Alex was waiting outside, only to realize that I was right. There was a giant metal door blocking the entrance. I didn't know what to think of this. I was trapped in this place. Why would they have a giant metal door like that? What were they trying to keep out or in? I had to call my parents or the police or someone. Alex was missing and I was trapped in there. I reached into my pocket for my phone. Empty. I remembered that I had given it to Alex. I tried to calm myself down. I can't be the only person in the building, I thought to myself. And there had to be a phone somewhere in the building. I walked down every hallway I could find, looking for a phone, and occasionally shouting out for somebody. The only one I found so far was disconnected. If it weren't for the fact that Alex was by himself on a Saturday night, I wouldn't have been in such a panic. What the hell happened to him? Why were his shoes in the stall? What if somebody had taken him? I walked down another hallway finding a door I hadn't checked yet that had a staff-only sign. I opened it only to discover a room full of animatronic body parts. The room smelled foul like something was rotting in there, and I was standing in some kind of thick liquid substance. I got out of that room as quickly as I entered. Seeing those animatronic parts made me think that maybe Alex was sitting in the dining area, waiting. The dining area was right outside the hall I was in, so I thought I might as well check. Navigating the barely lit building was pretty difficult, but also creepy. When I got to the dining area, I called for Alex, but there was no response. Suddenly, I noticed something through the corner of my eye. I could see that the curtains on the stage had been opened again. I could have sworn they'd been shut after the show. I didn't want to turn my head in fear of what I was expecting to see. But before I could give myself more time to think, I turned my head to the stage to see Chica and Freddy. I knew there was a third one. The bunny. But the bunny was missing. Where was the bunny? I was able to make out in the dark the heads of the two animatronics facing me. They ran out of there as quickly as I could back into the dark hallways. I stopped to catch my breath, but I heard something coming down from the hall. There were footsteps coming my way. I was saved. Somebody was there. I ran closer to the source of the footsteps, yelling for help. As I got closer, I slowed down, noticing that these footsteps were very heavy. Unnaturally heavy for a human being. Something wasn't right. The flickering light ahead of me didn't provide enough illumination to see the source yet. As the footsteps got closer, I could see the figure. It was the shadow of the bunny, standing in the dark light from the hall. I wasn't able to let out a scream. The robot started walking toward me, and at that instant, I ran to the nearest room, which happened to be a security room. I looked for anything to defend myself with. There were no weapons, but there was a button on the wall that seemed to be a door control. 
The footsteps were getting closer, almost outside the room. I ran to the wall and threw my fist onto the button, causing a giant door to close down to the floor. The robot banged on the door for a few seconds, before the only noise was the buzzing sound of the dim, fluorescent light in the room. How is this possible? How could these animatronic performers have the ability to roam freely? Why the hell was that thing following me? Are they alive? These nightmarish thoughts kept pouring into my mind. So much so that I almost didn't even notice the heavy footsteps coming from the opposite direction. I turned around to realize there was another opening to the room with an identical door switch. I immediately sprang to the door, slamming my hand on the button, not wanting to see what was coming down that hall. I sat in the room feeling safe for a few moments, until I remembered that Alex was missing. I had to find a way out of there, but there was no way I could step back into those hallways until I knew those things were gone. There were two windows in the room facing either side with the view into the hallways. I couldn't see anything outside though. It was pitch black. I noticed that under the door buttons on both sides, there were two buttons that were labeled light. Maybe these lights were for outside the security office. I needed to make sure that the robots weren't out there. So I flipped the switch on the left side of the room to reveal the bunny's face staring at me through the glass. I hit the light switch again to turn it off. I didn't want to see that thing looking at me through the glass. I moved across the room to the other side, pressing the light switch. I almost fell to the floor in fear. It was Chica, the animatronic chicken, staring at me through the glass. Her mouth was open disturbingly wide, revealing a second pair of teeth inside of her beak. These teeth were smaller and seemed human-like. She banged her hands on the glass, keeping eye contact with me. I shut off the light when I couldn't take the sight of the thing anymore. Balled up like a baby. I sat in the chair in the middle of the room. This can't be happening, I kept telling myself. Both robots reminded me of their presence, with constant knocking on the glass. I feared that they might break it. I didn't know what they were going to do to me if they got in, but I imagined the worst. I couldn't see anything through the glass, but I knew they were still there watching me. While looking around the room, I found a flashlight in one of the drawers on the desk. I noticed the camera system. I turned it on and a bunch of screens came on, surveilling probably every room in the building. I looked at the screen displaying the show stage. Freddy the bear was on the stage staring right in the camera. I looked at another screen that displayed the pirate's cove that I had seen earlier. There was an animatronic poking its head out of the curtains. I remember that the employee told me that it was named Foxy. And while he was in disrepair, he was still turned on. Then I started to realize it didn't matter if they were turned on or not. These things were alive and they were evil. I could see the teeth in Foxy, and I knew I didn't want to be anywhere near him. So I kept my eye on that camera to make sure he didn't move. I sat watching the camera for what felt like hours, and it probably was. 
tapping on the glass had stopped, and the fox was still peeking its head out of its curtain. I had been so preoccupied with staring at the idle animatronic fox that I forgot to check any of the other cameras. I looked at the screen displaying the empty stage where Freddy was standing not too long ago. He was gone. Suddenly, all the camera screens filled with static. I was blinded from viewing anything in the building. I started to panic and looked around the room again for anything to help me. I found an old phone hidden behind a pile of papers. I picked it up and heard a dial tone. It was working. I immediately started to dial for my parents, but I realized it would be a better idea to call the police. I redialed for 911. There was no ringing sound, just silence from the phone. I hung it up to try again, but didn't even get a dial tone this time. The bastards must have interfered with the phone. I got to take one last peek out of the glass to see if the coast was clear to run. I turned the light on at the end of the left side to reveal the shadow of the bunny standing in the dark corner. He's blocking that exit. I turned the right side light on as well to reveal the chicken still looking straight at me through the glass. I shut both the lights off and was trapped in there. There was no way I would try to outrun them. I didn't know how fast they were. I sat down in the chair knowing my only option was to wait. I tried to rationalize the situation and calm myself down. Alex is... it's not like he's a toddler. And plus he has my cell phone. He probably already called his or my parents. And I'm sure they're all on their way here now. I checked my watch. It was almost 12 already. The cameras were still filled with static and I was unable to do anything at that point. I shut my eyes, thinking that everything would be fine come morning time. I still don't know how, but I had actually fallen asleep from closing my eyes for a while. I woke to the sickening sound of familiar banging on the glass. It wasn't just a dream. I was still in that godforsaken place. I checked my watch and saw that it was 4 a.m. I had been asleep for four hours. I noticed that the light in the room was a lot dimmer, almost to the point where I couldn't see the papers that were hanging on the wall anymore. The thumping was coming from the right side. I didn't even turn on the light because I didn't want to see the sickening face of that thing again. Suddenly the light flickered. I knew the power was dying at that time. The door finally started to break in. Realizing I was out of options, I made a plan to just open the other door and run as fast as I could. I took one last look at the camera screens to see that the curtain at Pirate's Cove had been completely opened and Foxy was nowhere in sight. I ran out the other door, turning the flashlight on. The bunny wasn't anywhere in sight to my luck. As I ran down the hall, I slipped on something on the floor and fell hard on my knee. It felt like I broke it. I moaned in pain, but tried my hardest not to scream. I felt the substance that I slipped in with my fingers. I smelled it. It was blood. I was lying in a big puddle of blood. I immediately assumed it was the blood of Alex and almost let out a cry. 
I tried to get on my feet, but the pain in my knee was unbearable. I started to crawl down the hall with blood all over my arms and legs. I didn't see where to go or how to escape. It would surely catch me now. My luck seemed to have run out, because I heard heavy footsteps coming fast down the hall. I had to act quickly, but I didn't know what to do. I looked around me and found a door. I didn't care what room it led to. I just had to get out of the hallway. The footsteps were getting closer. I shut the flashlight off and managed to reach the doorknob, pushing the door open. I crawled into the room and pulled the door shut as quickly and quietly as I could. I waited in the darkness as the footsteps came closer and closer. And then they stopped. Whatever it was, right outside the door. I put my hand over my mouth to muffle my breathing and leaned against the door to block it in case the thing tried to get in. It was probably about ten seconds, but it felt like minutes before the sound of pots and pans banging around echoed across the building, and I heard footsteps move away from the door. I felt that it was safe to turn the flashlight on, which revealed that I had been sitting in a supply closet. I looked around for any kind of weapon, and to my luck I found a crowbar sitting on a shelf. This was seemingly the perfect weapon to bash a robot in the face with. I waited about a minute until I thought the coast was clear, and I slowly opened the door, crawling out of the room. My knee wasn't hurting as bad anymore, but I didn't want to take the chance of putting pressure on it. Crawling was quieter anyway. As I crawled through the pitch black hallways, banging into walls. As I crawled down the hall, I noticed moonlight shining in through a window in a room up ahead. I hoped the window would be low enough and big enough for me to reach and fit through. I crawled to the doorway, but the sight of two big, bright eyes stopped me. They were fixed on mine, even in the dark. I turned on the flashlight and shined it at the figure. It was Foxy. He looked like a broken, unfinished animatronic with pieces missing. His legs didn't even seem to be finished, as they were not covered up by plastic fur, and his feet were just two pieces of metal. He raised his hook-like hand and started moving quickly towards me. I managed to get on my feet, ignoring the pain in my knee. I held up the crowbar, ready to swing like a baseball bat. As soon as the robot got close enough, I swung it to hit his leg, causing him to fall to the floor. I took this opportunity to smash his head numerous times. The eyes were still glowing, fixated on me, but his legs seemed broken, and that was enough to stop him from getting me. I hopped closer to the window. The other robots, no doubt, heard what just happened. So I hurried. I reached the window and luck was on my side, because it was reachable and big enough to squeeze through. I swung the crowbar at it, but it didn't break. I suddenly heard many pairs of footsteps coming from down the hall. I swung the crowbar again. The window cracked, but didn't break. The footsteps were right outside the room now. I swung the crowbar one more time as hard as I could, finally causing the glass to shatter. I took a painful leap off both legs to reach the window. I pulled myself up and was about to jump out until something grabbed my leg. I turned around to see Freddy Fazbear standing behind me, holding onto my good leg, along with Chica and Bonnie standing behind him.
Without thinking, I pulled my leg up and kicked it back into the animatronic's head, causing it to lunge back and loosen its grip, giving me just enough time to jump out the window. I didn't care about the returning pain in my knee. I hopped away from the building as fast as I could, with the only sound I heard being the screaming of the robots to come back. I yelled Alex's name at the top of my lungs three or four times before getting in my car and speeding to my house. I called the cops and explained the whole situation, then my parents afterwards. When the cops arrived, I showed them a picture of Alex and explained to them about the robots. I told them that they must have been somehow programmed to kill any intruders at night. I tried to make it seem as realistic as possible. They looked at each other like I was crazy. However, they assured me that they would have the police department look into it. After investigating, the police found nothing. No blood, no broken glass, no foul smells, no Alex and all the animatronics were in their proper places. It's been almost a month and Alex was never found. My aunt and uncle still cry their eyes out every day. My parents don't even talk to me anymore. I guess they somehow blame me for losing sight of him. But what kills me most is knowing the evils that are inside of that place. That family-oriented place. And that even though I told everyone what happened, they just think I'm crazy. I can't prove what happened to Alex. But I know that whatever did happen to him, those robots had everything to do with it.